0: Recruiting Trailblazers is brought to you by Recruiter.com, the hiring platform that helps you hire like an expert. Recruiter.com empowers organizations of all sizes to recruit talent faster using virtual teams of on-demand recruiting experts, coupled with leading video, AI search, and curated job-matching technology. Recruiter.com video can help shave on average 168 hours off your recruiting process without slashing quality of the hire. Visit video.recruiter.com and enter code RECRUITER1000, that's RECRUITER with a capital R and the number 1000, to access the Recruiter.com video beta program for free. Again, that's video.recruiter.com and enter code RECRUITER1000. Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Recruiting Trailblazers. I'm Marcus Edwards. A couple of weeks ago, I got an incredible reaction to my first edition of Greatest Hits, which was 13 recent clips with some narration by me. And so, what I've decided to do to respect some of the other incredible guests that I've had on as well is to go back to the beginning of Recruiting Trailblazers and publish 10 more Greatest Hits clips from the very first podcasts that I did again with some observations and narration from me. I think all of these clips are true pearls of wisdom from some incredible people, all of whom are leaders and pioneers in the recruiting industry. So before we get going, a big shout out to Julie Kakulas, Casey Jacobs, Adrian Kolf, Jeff Wall, Joel Leggy, Natasha Catone, Andrew Trout, Bruce Morton, Matt Allen, Rupesh Panchazra and Marcus Sawyer. Thank you all for sharing your experience and wisdom on recruiting trailblazers. So for my first clip, we have Julie Kakulas, which was my very first podcast back in June, I think the 30th of 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Julie is now the head of talent acquisition at Blend. In this particular clip, Julie is talking about the importance of partnering with an agency that does a lot more than just sends resumes over and the kind of value that she expects from recruiting agency partners. Kindly using myself and my former partner, AJ, as examples of recruiters who provide this value. Thanks, Julie.
1: There's value add. And that's what I always believe that agency recruiters should should have as a value add. It's not just that I found this resume. It's not just that I got this person's attention and gave them to you. It's that I helped you do the deal. I helped you sell the person. I helped on the back end right, to get the person super excited, learn everything that's going on with that person. It's almost like you guys took contingency recruiting to an exec search level, right? And I know that you've evolved um, naturally to to that place, but that's what I would hope for in a contingency recruiter.
0: Great stuff there from Julia Kakoulis, and I couldn't agree with her more. You really need to partner with your clients as an agency recruiter these days and understand more than just the job you're trying to fill – but really dig deep and become part of the solution to the business problem that needs solving. Up next is the always amazing Casey Jacobs, coach and author of the fantastic book, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal. And in this particular clip, Casey talks about the importance of grit and resilience and how the best people in the business distinguish themselves by embracing problems and using them as a springboard for future success.
1: Elite sellers, the best the best people I worked with were, they were, they were, Positive. They had a plan. They had clear direction of what they were trying to do, and they were resilient and gritty. And when when stuff went bad, they used those bad times to, to differentiate themselves. And um, one of the, my favorite quotes is, "Adversity is life's golden ticket." And you know, when bad stuff happens, what a great opportunity to, to, to shine.
0: I highly recommend Casey's book, "Win the Relationship, Not the Deal." It breaks down the relationship building process into six very digestible steps. Thanks, Casey. I found my next guest, Adrian Kolf, via an article that he wrote on Medium called The Ultimate Guide to Finding a New Job Fast and Efficiently. It's an absolutely brilliant and comprehensive article for anybody who's in the job market. And in this clip, he talks about some of the key principles for success when you're in the hunt for a new job.
2: It is a full-time job to find a new role, especially
3: in this market. So you need to overcome your own ego of you know, I don't want to apply to too many, or this might not be, you know, the right right fit for me, or I don't I don't really like this company whatsoever. Um, get over that and really, really put time and effort in of every time that you that you outreach, that you do your due diligence on the company, on the role, on the hiring manager, on the recruiter. Connect with them on a human level, yep. and then really focus and prepare well for every single step of the way. And and it's okay to get rejected; it happens all the time.
0: Sound advice there from Adrian Kolff, and I'll put a link to the article that he wrote in the show notes for this episode. Up next is Jeff Wald, the founder of Work Market, which he sold to ADP, and the author of a great book that I read called The End of Jobs. Now, one of my favourite quotes is, no plan can survive contact with the enemy, or as Mike Tyson put it, everyone's got a plan till they get punched in the face. And in this clip, Jeff talks about how little one really knows when you're first rolling out a new product or service?
3: Uh, As smart as everybody is, we really just don't know a darn thing. Mm -hmm. You don't know a darn thing because you're, you're an audience of one. You're a data set of one. And so the idea that you know what the user wants, you might have a good sense of it. But until you put something in front of a bunch of people, until you have a thousand people touching it, interacting with it, clicking here, clicking there, You don't really know how they're going to use it. And it really just always blew my mind whenever we would get the opportunity. And it was really an opportunity, a gift, to sit with a customer's team and watch them use our software. And for the first five or six times, I thought to myself, no, you're using it wrong. And after the sixth or seventh time, you start to realize, no, 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 they're using it right. I built it wrong. That is
0: such a great quote. It actually sends shivers up my spine. Try saying that after a couple of beers. Thanks a lot, Jeff Wald. And up next, we've got Natasha Catoni, who is the head of talent at Amplify Partners. In this clip, Natasha expresses her commitment to an excellent candidate experience.
3: I would never go to bed until I made sure that I followed up with every single candidate. Like I I hold myself to a 24-hour turnaround, which sounds crazy, you know, especially when you're recruiting for multiple roles. But a candidate, it, it's an emotional decision. You're not just buying something. You are literally deciding what to do with your life. And there's so many deep, you know, deep things that are going on internally that influence those decisions. And so you have to treat people like complex humans and, uh, you know, from the get-go, make them feel really special.
0: I totally agree with what Natasha is saying in this clip. Because after all, it's not what you say, it's how you make people feel that really counts. In the next clip, Joel Leggy, who's the chief strategy officer at Randstad, talks about hiring great recruiters, specifically referencing those almost impossible to teach ingredients that you find
3: in really successful recruiters. I think when it comes to hiring for ourselves, sometimes we even overlook the small red flags. Uh, and I know that that sounds really simple, but it's being true to you know, I always try to hire the people that you feel not only are going to, to, to push us to, to help us be successful, but they they have that desire to win. You know, people have often asked me what makes people successful in staffing and recruiting and that. And, you know, my answer was always very simple that I felt that it took intellectual competence and a sense of urgency. And those are two things that I didn't ultimately think that we could really teach people. So uh, I, I think that people have to be you know, bright intelligence to remember not only the conversations, but to recall information that they have that they can share back with candidates and clients. And I think an insane sense of urgency just makes you more successful in our business.
0: Well said, Joel. You can teach skills, but you can't teach hunger. During COVID, a lot of recruiters were laid off, most of whom have thankfully found their way back to work now. But in my next clip, I remember being particularly impressed by Andrew Trout, who was then the head of talent at Gusto, by their commitment to standing by their recruiting team and not furloughing or laying anybody off during those extremely difficult early days of COVID.
2: Let's remind ourselves of a few key elements of what it takes to create and scale a successful recruiting organization, right? You've gotta have uh, folks who understand deeply the business. You have to have A plus talent and you have to have people who have learned the ins and outs of how you recruit as an organization. And I'm constantly reminded by the fact that it takes an engineering recruiter somewhere between three to five months to get up to a level of productivity and impact that it does an existing uh, employee, right? So, you know, as you think about this as a business decision, we're thinking long-term and we constantly remind ourselves that this is a marathon, not a sprint,
0: Tremendous foresight and vision there from Andrew Trout. Thank you, Andrew. Up next is Bruce Morton, who's a fellow Brit in America, and he's the chief strategy officer for Allegis, which, by the way, is the largest privately held staffing company in the world. And I absolutely love this next clip because it really illustrates what it's like to be bought into a mission, so to speak, and fully vested as a member of a team. Have a listen to this one. It's really
1: great. It was a news clip. Many many years ago, when Ronald Reagan— um, for those that aren't old enough listening to this—he was the, um, you know, movie star that became president. Ronald Reagan, when he became president, the obviously the press were following him around, and he visited NASA, and he's chatting to people, and the cameras are following him, and there's, there's this guy, an old boy, stood in the corner with a brown overalls on, a cap, holding a broom, and Reagan goes over to him and says, "Oh, hi there. My name's Ronald Reagan." what do you do? And the guy just looked him in the eye and he paused for effect for about three seconds. He said, I helped put a man on the moon. And it just like shivers down my neck every time I say it. Now that guy's boss knew how to motivate somebody. That guy didn't tell his friends he was goes to work and sweep every day. He understood that if you don't keep the laboratory and the computer and clean, the rocket's going to fall out of the sky. It's such a beautiful moment.
0: A beautiful moment Indeed. And that clip really illustrates the power of great storytelling as a way to convey your point, Um, something that has kind of been lost on me for a while, but I'm starting to really get my head around it now. Last week, I shared a little bit about my podcast journey and how my business was suffering during 2020 terribly due to COVID and how I sort of redeemed myself with the podcast. And I got an incredible amount of traction, comments and likes, I think 160 interactions with that post. And I guess it was because I actually shared my story rather than just sort of advertising the podcast and probably showed a bit of vulnerability as well, which I've always been nervous to do. I also have to give a very quick shout out to Edie Greenberg, who's a very committed listener to the podcast and actually inspired me to write that post. So thanks a lot, Edie. In the next clip, Rupesh Panchazra, who was then at SAP but is now the global head of executive search at Uber, talks about some of the things that they were doing to build pipeline, candidate pipeline in Europe, where they operate under the strict rules of GDPR, which means it really restricts their activities when it comes to sort of reaching out cold to candidates. And I just love this clip because, well, there's comedy, there's wine tasting, all from the comfort of your own home, and possibly even a job in it for you at the end of the day. So take it away, Rupesh.
3: We had a virtual event a few weeks ago where we had um, an incredible comedian um, that has a political stunt as well. Not too political, but, you know, we started off with half an hour of her having everyone in stitches about um her life stories and some of the anecdotes, and she was hilarious. And and that got the crowd going. And then we talk about some fun things we're doing at SAP, and then she comes back on again. We had a wine tasting event where we sent all uh people that registered to this virtual event a sample of wine and a glass and a, um, a scorecard. And, um, and we had some of the companies that use SAP technologies that happen to be in the winery space, come and talk about, you know, what the technologies are doing for them. We had a bit of a wine tasting, and then we had some of our leaders talk about um, who we are as a company. I mean, I mean, even if you had no intention of move, what, to move, what, what a fun concept. Concerts?
0: Constructs? No, concept. Sorry, I cut you off there, Rupesh. But he's absolutely right, of course. Think outside the box and engage now with candidates that you might want to recruit somewhere down the line, six months from now, a year from now. Begin the relationships now and it's going to be much easier to recruit those people later on when they're warm to your brand and ready to hear from you. Okay, my final clip, Marcus Sawyer was at the time the global head of digital partnerships at ADECO, but he's now the CEO and founder of the EQ Community, a private members community for multicultural professionals interested in technology. In this clip, Marcus shares the purpose and importance of building a diverse organisation. Studies have shown that
2: if you have a diverse organisation, you by far outperform organisations who lack diversity. And you see that from a lot of the, the, the big four, whether I've, I think it was recently, I saw a, a McKenzie study uh, uh, around this. And if you think about it, if you think of the reasons why, if we're sitting at a table and it's a long table, so imagine a long table, maybe a table that could seat 20, 30 people. And we're looking at an object, but this object that we're looking at, we're all seeing it from a different perspective perspective. And we're seeing it from a different lens. And we have to figure out what that object is. But in order to figure out what that object is, we have to take everybody's perspective and piece it together. And that's really what diversity gives you. It gives you the opportunity to see things as a whole. Thank you, Marcus, for
0: those words and wishing you the best of luck in your new venture. So there you have it, another greatest hits in the books. I hope you had as much fun listening to it as I did producing it. Next week, I've got Joe Mullings on the show, who is the chairman and CEO of the Mullings Group of Companies. And not only does he run a very successful recruiting organization, but he is also taking content creation to a completely new level and has even built his very own production studio. So I can't wait to have that conversation with Joe, and I'm looking forward to publishing that one next week. So for now, it's goodbye from me, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. (laughs)